0: Welcome to Evolutionary Exchanges, a podcast from Evolution Partners, which dives deeper into the lives of our team and guests. Our goal is to go beyond what you can find online and to introduce you to our firm and some of the issues that we're helping to address. You'll hear about some of the extraordinary work they're involved with, as well as gaining insight into who they are. Hello and welcome to the eighth episode of the third season of Evolutionary Exchanges. I'm Emily, a consultant in our UK office, and today I'm joined by Bob Chapman, Head of Health and Wellness and Managing Partner of our Hong Kong office, and by Alexandra murray Taken, a consultant in our Hong Kong office. Today, we're going to be discussing wearable tech and how this can be used by financial services companies to improve insurance offerings. Data used for insurance products has historically been limited to age, gender... Um, smoking or not smoking, for example. But these categories lack the depth and nuance to offer a truly personalised, holistic picture of someone's daily health status. So wearables like Apple watches or rings are presenting insurers with an opportunity to capture deeper insights and more varied data by wearable tech connected to smartphones. So these wearables can take the form of watches, digital monitors worn on the body or rings, for example, And data collection capabilities improved tenfold with the introduction of wearable tech, which can track activity, sleep, steps, heart rate, sun exposure, fertility, just to name a few. So, Bob, could you tell us a little bit about how wearable tech has developed in the health and wellness industry over the last couple of years?
1: Of course. So firms started looking at this area um, in seriousness about 10 years ago. Um, as wearables kind of they started to get um, more sophisticated, uh, so this they started simply from sort of a tracking tracking steps initially, and this could also be done on uh, around the same time on phones or with a with a simple kind of step tracker. And so some insurance companies um, started thinking how okay, well, how can we integrate with um, with these things and and start to encourage people to be to be healthier? As around the same time, there was a lot of initiative around getting up to sort of ten thousand steps a day to um, to live a, a healthier life. Um, quite a few initiatives encouraging people just to get up and go moving. So some insurance companies thought, well, okay, we could we could actually tap into tap into this, use the momentum that's uh, around here, and um, and use this as an opportunity to um, even perhaps give people wearables or use the, the wearables or phones that they already have um, to uh, to start engaging more with people. So th- so people started doing this um, around a decade or so ago properly, um, and now wearables are becoming a bit more sophisticated. So uh, you're seeing things get uh, onto the next kind of level where it's even um, people are starting to include things like sleep tracking or heart rate, um, heart rate monitoring, heart, heart rate type of data uh, included as well there. So um, the way that these have kind of moved on now. Is that if you if you hit certain targets, um, say the the simple model is is just to, is is just hitting your your steps, then you get given something like a, a free coffee or free cinema tickets. Now that was so good for initial uh, engagement with um with for for health insurers who uh, often will struggle uh, to actually kind of engage consistently with um, with their customers beyond um, situations where someone's making a claim. This was great to uh, change kind of change the relationship. Uh, so some yeah some platforms have um, really emphasised the engagement piece by offering yeah offering uh, free cinema tickets or um, or free coffees for achieving a certain number of, of steps um, as one example um, and this, this works this works well as a starting point. Um, but to be um, really strategic over the long term, um, it's better to really link um, your health and wellness platform to an overall strategy. So having the rewards also linked to directly to health and wellness for something, um, something like massages or to gym discounts um, or personal training sessions, for example, um, could all be examples that have worked. And we've seen, um, we've seen some of our clients and businesses in this area um, start to start to look at these in a more overall strategic way. Um, we've also seen at the same time there's been um, a few financial services firms who have tried to leverage the more sophisticated wearables and have started to include things like workouts and mindfulness and meditation minutes in um, alongside in their platforms where you'd also get um, credit and rewards and points for doing those um, health and wellness activities. Uh, and now the benefits of... Of doing this where well, we touched on some of it earlier which is engagement which is something that a lot of the time financial services companies and particularly insurers really can struggle with um but also the fact that you're getting so much access to this data from customers um of which they're volunteering to you um, as long as you can overcome the kind of regulatory side and they are in full control of their data we found that customers are actually quite happy to um provide it as long as there's a clearly articulated benefit so once once you have that data you can look then to um, really personalize the, the customer experience towards certain um, individuals, um, even if it's just done on a, an aggregate or a demographic basis. For example, you can recommend certain exercise plans um, or uh, even diets that may be tailored to people of certain ages. Um, or even, yeah, but or or even by gender. So um, this can further then help you know in, um, increasing the engagement, um, which you know creates a virtuous cycle where there's um, uh, the data becomes even better. And then the next step, I think, you can also look to personalize. Um, you could look to personalize certain plans or have additions for um, for cross selling and upselling, which um, that's a, another potential kind of huge benefit that. Uh, insurance companies are only really starting to explore there.
0: And with that, with um, elements of really sophisticated data usage, as you mentioned, um, many customers are happy for their data to be used if it's used in an effective way. But there, in that comes some problems that have been faced by insurers and tech developers who are creating this really high-level wearable tech. So, Alexandra, do you want to talk to us a little bit about the problems that are being faced in wearables by firms at the moment?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Financial services firms... Traditionally, struggle to innovate, to make fast decisions, and to implement those quickly. So, any delayed action is usually a result of being held back by sunk sunk costs or an unwillingness to cannibalize kind of legacy business, um, or even an attachment to kind of yesterday's formula of success. Um, it's important to kind of remember that the cost of delaying progress tends to be steep. Um, kind of we would suggest that companies should kind of design value propositions that incorporate new approaches to say like customer engagement, new strategy, um, and or distribution. So basically decide on an aligned strategy um, with kind of the firm's key stakeholders. Uh, they should articulate objectives um, and basically come up with ideas and solutions that can be implemented quickly obviously innovation can be very incremental it doesn't need to be a whole system overhaul um or one kind of enormous investment um, you can can you can kind of constantly measure success um which is honestly better to um i guess enable kind of regular consistent and kind of non-onerous reporting i would also say that not all technology integrations are equal um kind of And with that in mind, companies need to decide what trajectory they're going to go in and stick with it. In Hong Kong, we've seen a lot of the engagement model um, of kind of earn your watch, um, where a wearable is given as a certain part of an insurance product. um, And that would work kind of for for the customers and the company. Um, We see that with Apple Watch here um, quite a lot. Um, I would also say that overcoming integration and technologi- technological challenges um, can be overcome through kind of uh, driving agreed objectives, establishing kind of where, ha- where and how firms want to integrate, um, consider the gaps they have and kind of the potential to grow into. Um, and then the last one I would identify is kind of the hunt for talent. Um, so finding the right people can be quite difficult, um, especially those who kind of can be constantly relied upon to deliver. Um, when there's a significant change happening, um, either incremental or or large overhauls, there's a lot of pressure. Um, there's a lot of pressure to deliver, um, and it's important that these organizations can find the correct health and wellness expertise uh, to deliver the results quickly and efficiently. And and a part of their kind of initial beginning stages um, should be r- really focusing on hiring the correct talent that fills the gaps that they need to be filled. Um, sometimes I guess you don't know where the gaps are into, until you're further in the project, but... Quickly identifying where these issues lie and hiring accordingly should be very high up on their, on these companies' priority list.
1: And uh, just just to add to to those three, so there's really there's three challenges you're looking to address um, that we've we've identified. Really, the, the first um, the first part just to build on what Alexandra covered on the institutional inertia part. Um, one example of something you could do is um, look at maybe short-term proofs of concept, because it, it could it could be that you need um, to kind of prove your value via a business case. Um, and I, I realize that any, a lot of large organisations, a lot of our clients, um, there's often um, there often can be co- like competing constraints for for budgets, for example. So it can be a bit more palatable to kind of show well. We'll we'll do something small and incremental. Have a test and learn approach, and and show and prove its value. And we've seen where this works with with our clients in the past, and um, where it's been able to demonstrate value in a relatively short period of time. Um, where you could, for example, integrate with um, with one wearable, um, and that kind of ties into the the second part. Um, when which is around the kind of complexity of of different integra- integrations with different wearables um or even through for different applications so um again relating back to the proof of concept part you could do a profile of the kind of overall user base which looks at which devices and which applications are used by the majority of your target users and the logical one in a place like um, hong kong is apple health because a lot of people have um have iPhones and apple watches but that might not be appropriate in another region or um or other geographies depending it depends on which your your target market is and um w- which which of the customers you're really trying to um trying to engage with um and then the last part which um the last challenge which um which alexandra mentioned is that um the the talent side. now it's always difficult to get um good people um particularly when overall the overall um, talent market is um what well, unemployment is is at historic blows in a lot of places um but particularly in this uh, health and wellness in financial services area is such a young area. Um, it's very difficult to find people with experience. And then if you get even more specific in that kind of wearables area with people have having experience in there is really, really tricky. So coming up with a kind of a clear plan, it comes back to really being clear and aligned on what your plan is and what you're going after. Um, and then that will help to kind of address that that skills and talent gap a lot earlier. And as things change and evolve in the organisation, adjusting that plan accordingly is of course absolutely fine. Um, but engaging then across your HR departments and your procurement departments to determine whether you should need to go internally or externally um, is is going to be crucial to getting these these sort of things done in um, in a timely fashion.
0: So Bob, do you think a lot of the time the kind of complexity of the data collection involved in the tech can be inhibitive to companies with well-established legacy systems? Or do you think it's something that all firms or, or a lot of insurance firms will eventually have to implement if they want to kind of keep up with modern wearable technology?
1: It's, it's a good question. The the legacy platform issue is is one that all big companies um, are dealing with um, because they have to make a decision kind of when to move away from from their existing platforms. Now I think there is quite a big opportunity for an, um, a number of organisations at the moment or probably the upcoming where quite a few are moving away from their to see their their mainframes or their the current server based um, systems onto onto say um, the cloud. Uh, and we've recently started actually with one of our. One of our clients, a um, a move to cloud project, which is um, part of part of the health and wellness um, approach as well. So there's kind of an opportunity when you're moving there at the same time to consider, okay, well, we're going to build health and wellness as part of it if you really want to have health and wellness as a a strategic part of you and and be your your customer's health partner. um, There's a chance when you're moving away from those mainframes to actually plan that from the beginning, right? So. That's um that's one thing that I would suggest. If you've already moved away onto a onto that um cloud, um if you've already got the, your system set up on cloud, then obviously you're you're more flexible already. So again, there's a chance for you to move um a bit more quickly than if you've got a lot of things tied up in those legacy systems. So I think um yeah, to answer your question, there's you're going to have to look at and do this eventually. It's more of a challenge if obviously you're dealing with certain systems and your data is not set up in the right way. But because um, you're dealing with kind of new data and things are moving quite fast. There is the kind of chance to to look at it from a different perspective and, and pivot. And I think now is the perfect time for, um, for companies to look at this um, in the market.
0: Absolutely. There are some really exciting developments coming along in this industry, in this field of tech, um, and it's definitely something that's going to be exciting to keep an eye on over the next few years. So overall, I guess we could summarise that wearable tech offers a real wealth of opportunities for financial services companies to expand on their current personalised data offerings and provide deeper and more meaningful insights into customer health. So although the path towards full tech integration into legacy systems, as you mentioned, Bob, is not always clear and it doesn't look to be necessarily easy, um, it promises a lot of insightful results and hopefully will offer some real benefits for both financial services companies, insurance companies, and also for customers. So thank you so much, Bob and Alexandra, for joining me and um, hope to see you all on the next episode of Evolutionary Exchanges.